Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Conversations with My Higher Self. How are you? Today, we're going to be talking numerology. But before we get started, a couple of housekeeping items. If you're not meditating with me on our Sacred Universe podcast, you are missing out. We are uploading new meditations and guided journeys every Sunday. So join in, the more the merrier. Also, if you are still on the fence about checking out my book, maybe this is your golden chance and a sign from the universe. <laughs> um, my book is available on Amazon. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or an Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. And it is a spiritual journey within a book with the end destination of abundance. And it is one of a kind. It is a channeled book. So if you're curious, do check it out. You will thank me later. That's that really quickly today. Um, why don't we dive into numerology? So what I wanted to talk to you today about are the master numbers. I have gotten a request for this from the collective. This is a fresh topic, a new topic for a lot of you. A lot of you don't really believe in numerology, which I find to be something that I really would like to shift, right? A lot more people are into astrology these days or human design. Numerology seems to be on the decline. Probably a few reasons for that. Um, numerology is one of the more ancient um, modalities um, of understanding one's path. Now, the reason I love numerology is because it gives us a glimpse into the mind, the intellect of um, the architect of the matrix, as well as source consciousness. It is a very precise system that is designed to shed the light on how simple things actually are in the universe. And so there are many aspects to numerology. It is a very ancient science. Today, we're going to be talking about the life path number. The life path number in numerology is a little bit similar to your sun sign in astrology. It is one of the most important numbers um, in, your, in your life. Uh, the way you get to a life path number is by taking your date of birth, so the day, the month, and the year, and then reducing every number, so the number, the, the digits of the day, into one by summing them up, right? So if it is, let's say you were born on the 11th, you would add one plus one, you would get the number two. Um, then you would take um, the month, right? If that is, again, a two-digit number, you would do the same thing. And then you would take the year, add the four uh, digits of the year, and get the third number. Then you would add the three up to get a result. Um, mostly in numerology, you reduce things to one single number in the end. So most people are going to have a life path number of zero through nine. However, there are some people that are just a different caliber. And so their life path number is going to be a master number. There are three master numbers in numerology, 11, 22, and 33. So these are the ones that I wanted to talk to you uh, about today. Now, if you do the calculations of your life path number and it is not a master number, that is totally fine. 
at one point we did an episode about um, the meaning behind numbers, specifically talking about one through nine. So you should probably refer to our earlier episodes if you're trying to decode what your life path number means. But I find the science behind numbers very precise because it is energy. Really the most important thing for you to understand as you're trying to comprehend your life path number is what energy or facet of energy does that number stand for in the universe? And as a byproduct of that, what you stand for in this incarnation. So your life path number changes every time you come to incarnate. It is never the same. And when your higher self is planning an incarnation, it does plan the life path number. The life path number generally tends to hint at or blatantly point at your number one priority. And it is also a good proxy to trying to understand why you showed up here in the first place. So master number incarnations are, like I said, 11, 22, and 33. And while each of them can be reduced to a single number, right? So 11, for instance, I could add one plus one to get two. Generally, they are regarded as a separate class of beings and a separate class of incarnations. Very often, those are going to be planetary level workers. So whereas um, people that have a one digit life path number, right? So one through nine, it doesn't mean that they're in any way, shape or form um, inferior. It, it just, their impact tends to be a little bit more localized. Whereas with any master number, you are potentially looking at a macro level impact. So if you have found that you are one of those beings, one of those souls that showed up here with a master number as our life path number, listen in because this one's for you. For the rest of you, um, I'm going to be taking you into the energy behind the number. So this could still be interesting for you as well, because, you know, some of it is going to be around portals like 1111 and things like that. So hopefully all of you are going to find something interesting for yourself in this episode. All right. So master numbers, again, big numbers, very often these incarnations require a lot of energy. So if you have a master number as your life path number, that means that you have brought with you quite a thick stream of the energy of your higher self. Meaning as your higher self was splitting itself to go into different incarnations, various bodies, various experiences, your higher self decided that there, this particular incarnation is going to be very meaningful for it. And as such, it wanted to give you the resources that would enable you to reach higher and get to the outcome that your higher self predetermined that comparatively speaking is a very, um, let's say it, it, it's a very important outcome, uh, not just for you at soul level, but for other souls potentially. So all master numbers, despite the fact that they're different, are united by the same goal, which is how do we shift societies, right? And what, you know, what angles um, can we leverage in order to shift societies? So that's why I find master numbers very, very interesting. Master incarnations tend to not be the walk in the park. So if you're the lucky soul with a master number, um, as your life path, please know that this is, this is not going to be a very, very simple incarnation where you just get to, 
uh, be in the background and not, um, not participate too heavily. This is not a sleeper incarnation for you. So every master number incarnation is a very active incarnation. It is a, an incarnation with a lot of doing or um, just being very, very active in the physical. So why don't we start dissecting these master numbers one by one, starting with 11. 11 is probably easily one of the more spiritual numbers. That is why you have so many people obsessed with seeing 1111 on the clock, reading that as a message from their guardian angels and angels in general. So there is, let's just say that 1111, as well as just 11, has been really hyped up in the spiritual community. In some ways, very knowingly so. Of all the master numbers, 11 shows up most frequently in people's lives because most clocks in the world are set up to AM, PM, uh, and as such, well, most, not, not most clocks, a lot of clocks. And so um, that's why a lot of people never get to 2222 on their uh, clocks, right? So 1111 tends to be one of those uh, kind of like easy entryways when spirit wants to enter into your world, into your daily life, and kind of like raise a hand and say, hey, hello, are you in alignment? What are you thinking about right now? Should you be raising your vibrations? Um, I also like 1111, not just specifically as the portal on the clock, um, so 11 a.m. and 11 minutes, but I like it as November 11th. That's probably... Um, in, in terms of the energy potential that that portal has, it's actually more important. Um, and it is a very, very charged date. So 1111 is actually the portal of light. It is the, um, the gates of light, essentially, is how a lot of uh, high vibrational spirits would look at it. And this is the prime time for planet Earth to go through massive shifts. So very often when planet Earth is absorbing higher dimensional codes, it would do so on November 11th specifically. So very often if you're trying to create a planetary shift, or even if you're trying to create a personal shift, if, you, if you've been working through something um, in your life that just feels too heavy and dark, 11-11, November 11th is actually a really, really good day to do that. But this was a complete tangent and we can talk about November when November is here. For now, we're not in November. So why don't we talk about the master numbers? So the master number 11. This master number is the master intuitive. Um, this number, and every time uh, we are trying to dissect what it is all about in numerology, we have to look at every number that make up, makes up a complex number as well as the sum total of the two. So as we're looking at what does the master incarnation number 11 stand for, we have to look at one and two. These are the two numbers that really make up the energy of 11. Uh, one plus one equals two, hence the two. So one is um, essentially the symbolic of um, the divine masculine. So it is the number of the divine father. This is also the number of sovereignty. What do I mean by that? Sovereignty is a state of understanding your own power, being comfortable in your own power understanding who you are and not trying to fit in into a paradigm. So one is always a leader, right? Think of, if you're familiar with astrology, Aries is the number one sign of the zodiac. 
somebody who is always treading, you know, uh, treading along, paving the path for themselves and others. So that is number one. When it comes as a master intuitive, this, this is not just somebody that rushes ahead though, right? This one is divinely guided. So for um, master number 11, every, um, every action that you take is considered sacred action or is divinely aligned if you are on the path. So what differentiates somebody with um, a strong one? By the way, if your life path number is one, you have a little bit of that energy as well. Self-confidence, or if you're starting out when you're not self-confident, that would be a shadow aspect. So your greatest power actually lies on the other side of um, doubt, let's say. So very often when these people would come, they would uh, into an incarnation, they would descend into an incarnation in order to pass through this uh, master incarnation successfully, they're going to be given challenges. Um, and um, these challenges are going to be around their sense of self-worth and self-confidence. Very often, uh, they would get a very, very tough parent. Um, that is a very plausible potential scenario. Uh, if not a parent, they would be placed in situations where they would be challenged. Their authority would be challenged. Their point of view would be challenged. Um, it could be, and going back to my example of a parent, they can have like a very opinionated parent or a parent that they're trying to please. And the biggest, one of the biggest challenges for the master number 11 is sticking to their guns. So making sure they don't lose themselves as they're trying to please the parent. Because ironically, no matter how much they try to please the parent, I've yet to meet somebody who is a master number 11 that is actually meant to be in the game of pleasing their parent. Remember, our master, master number 11 is all about one. One means you, right? You on your own, right? Like what is your worth on your own without your family, without your friends, like without society? Not in a morbid way, right? But what do you have to offer? And there is that inherent understanding with master number 11 is that they're bringing a very unique frequency to this planet. So there's something that they're meant to anchor here that is very unique. And that is why they're carrying that vibration of sovereignty, meaning whatever I'm bringing, whatever is the energy that I'm the vessel for as master number 11, um, the planet needs it or somebody like society needs it, somebody around me needs it. And so it is my job to make sure if I came into um, a body as a master number 11, that I don't mess up my own, the vibrations of my own song, if that makes sense. So I stick to who I am at soul level, that I, I commit to finding out who I am. I commit to understanding why I showed up and I stick to it, right? So it's um, around uh, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk as well. So that is the first thing about um, master number 11. There are also, um, it's a, um, there's a reason why it's called a master intuitive. So these are the beings, the people um, who are very perceptive. They're not perceptive, perceptive in all the same ways, but they will have enhanced abilities and enhanced perception compared to other people. Very often though, they would have a very specific ability that is unique or like a way of getting information, receiving information from their surroundings that is unique from other people. 
what ex what are the examples of this? For instance, if somebody feels like nature communicates to them, very often that could be a master number 11, right? Because it is a, it's a mode of communication, a means of receiving intuitive guidance from your surroundings that a lot of people cannot decode. Could it be uh, one of these? Could it be talking to spirit? Yes. Working with medicinal plants and getting insights that way? Yes. That would maybe potentially would be a, a more well-trodden path. But very often they would be, there would be a very unique mean means of communication that this person would develop with the universe. It could be uh, via music, for instance, right? They may be listening to a symphony and something unfolds in front of them that other people just don't see. So if you're a master number 11, pay attention to your special abilities. And if you don't think you have any, you're gravely mistaken because you do. Now for master incarnations, very often their abilities would unfold later in life. Um, about 40, 45 years old plus. So if you haven't, you know, if you're younger and you're like, where are my abilities? Just wait, wait, be patient and trust your path. Um, there is another aspect of the master number 11, which is the number two, which is almost if 11 walks the walk, what you know, what are they gifted? Like what are the resources? And also what is the pinnacle of their success? And that is the number two. The number two is the divine feminine number. So this is an incredible number where uh, within 11, you're getting both the divine masculine and divine feminine. How beautiful is that, right? So this is the person or these are the people who are able to balance both of these high frequency, high dimensional energies within one human body. How beautiful is that? So they are able to be almost perfectly androgynous energetically, if that makes sense. Um, they would have both masculine and feminine energies running really strong in their bodies, which always, always enhances intuitive abilities, enhances things like lucid dreaming, talking to spirit, etc. but it also enhances decision-making. So they're the type of um, human that is really good at both using their intellect and the heart in equal measure. And mo while most people lead with one or the other, and Unfortunately, on this planet, most people lead with intellect. The reason I say unfortunately, not because that there is anything wrong with the intellect, but because the intellect is never meant to go at it alone. The intellect was always meant to be balanced by the heart. So when that is not happening, it is unfortunate. So very often, um, 11s would find that their greatest gift in life is a partner. Uh, two is also a number of partnerships or relationships. But 11s are not really meant to have close relationships with a lot of people. They're very often find one, two, or three uh, very like-minded people that help lead them along the path. And very often, a master number 11 is going to go far further ahead and further along with a partner, with a partner. Which is not to say that they're not self-sufficient. That is the, be the beauty of it because first they have to stand on their own two feet. That is the lesson of their first maybe 20 years of their life, right? Finding the one and being comfortable in your oneness or solitude or loneliness, like, like just being comfortable in your own skin, being comfortable on your own. Once you pass that lesson, once you move on to the next stage for this master number, it is finding the perfect partner and then you can just really propel into... Um, infinity. Another gift of master number 11, because they're intuitive, 
they're very often innovators. What does that mean? They are here to change society using their unique combination of heart and mind. It, they, they could be scientists um, having the aha moments. They could be master systematizers. So these are the people with big picture thinking. So they're able to go at you know 15,000 uh, feet, like rise up uh, to a, a very convenient vantage point and pinpoint certain societal issues or structural things. And so they're really, really good at understanding very complex dynamics uh, because it enables them to impact those very complex dynamics in very simple ways. Um, so that is why in certain ways, these people can also be called master healers. But master healers, not always in the literal sense. Sometimes it's a very figurative sense. For instance, if you're a grid worker and you are really changing and shifting the, the energetic makeup of planet Earth, you would be considered a planetary healer. Um, if you are seeing a societal issue around any, uh, any social issue, um, and then let's say you're an activist and you get literally in, 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 into the weeds of it, and try to fix that societal issue, you are serving as a societal healer. So healer in this, from this perspective is a little bit of a broader definition. So that's that about master number 11. Now we're moving on to master number 22. 22 is considered to be a master builder. 22 specifically requires a lot of energy. These are your powerhouses. These are the people that when they enter the room, the room shifts. Not because, uh, not for any other reason, but they carry with themselves a lot of weight, like energetic weight, not in a bad way, but their presence is felt, right? Their presence is heard. These are not your quiet people. These are not your shrinking violets. By the way, if you are, if you're a master number 22 and you are a quiet, very reserved person, there's probably some trauma that made you this way. You're not supposed to be quiet. You're not supposed to be in the background. Master builder is somebody with a lot of resilience, with a lot of fire under their belly. Master builder also has a systems um, like architect approach, um, but they're here to create large things, large movements, like bigger, something that's bigger than life and definitely bigger than themselves. Um, very often a master builder is going to need a lot of people to accomplish what it is that they're here to accomplish. This is not a path of a lone wolf. This is not the me, myself, and I path. So we start with 22. We start with the number two, which hints at the first lesson. The first lesson of this, when these people come into the master incarnation, the first 20 years of their life in the same way that for master number 11, the first years of their life is all about finding their self-worth and almost like graduating from uh, not feeling like they're enough. With the master builder with 22, it's very different. It's all about relationships. Remember two is the number of the divine mother, but in this particular case, it is a very specific facet of the divine mother, which is all about building relationships. So the master builder is going to be challenged like no tomorrow with relationships. And that actually goes 
very often it goes above and beyond family. So they're going to be challenged to build relationships or fail at relationships with others in society, even as a kid, like in, in kindergarten, school, in, you know, uh, whatever Sunday activities that they're doing, sports, um, they're just going to be challenged. And um, these challenges are going to be pretty multifaceted. So from one-on-one -on -one tension, right, and they're going to have to work through all kinds of shadow things around their relationship with others, right, in terms of um, asserting their power in a way that doesn't swipe all the other figures off the chessboard, right? Because master number 22 tends to come in a little bit strong. The problem is when these people are children, the society has not yet caught up to the fact that they're a master builder and they're here to build something larger than life. And so very often they're, they're perceived as either too full of themselves or too much in some level, like too assertive, too smart, too loud, too something, right? And the society tends to repel people that are too something. And so very often the master, master number 22 is going to go through an avalanche of issues around interpersonal relationships early in life, as well as me versus them, where them is like a whole group of people. Like, so they're very often, they're going to carry the weight of not being understood or not being accepted by large, um, uh, large masses of people. Sometimes they're bullied even, but what you would see with a master builder is, I mean, different people respond very differently to bullying. The master builder actually becomes stronger when they're being bullied. I know kind of like counterintuitive, but, but in this case, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So a lot of master builders develop a lot of trauma around the early relationships uh, in their life where they were ostracized in one way or another or felt different from society and society let them know that that was the case. And they're carrying a lot of these battle scars as, the, as if there was something wrong with them. I will tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you that there was nothing wrong with you. You were just supposed to go, um, you know, it's like the christening by fire. Like you were supposed to be smack in the middle of the battle starting really, really early on so that you can build up your power. And so when a master builder is challenged early in life, they're starting to build like their own tower, um, like almost like building their confidence brick by brick by brick. And whereas, um, and I guess this is not terribly dissimilar from 11, but 11 needs to overcome like generally like one or two adversaries, like, people that are making them feel incompetent and not enough. Whereas the master builder, 22, it's very different. They almost have to overcome societal pressure and they have to overcome societal resistance to themselves. And in the process, do you know how like diamonds really are like made under pressure? And a lot of things or good things come out of uh, being under pressure. So that is the same thing. So the master builder needs to go through the process of becoming the diamond but they are going to be pushed the first 20 or something years of their life by society in every which way, right? Now, later in life, it's something very different. Later in life, there is a second lesson for these people. And that is where two plus two equals four, right? 22, really the epitome of this number, the end game for this number is, two, is four. What is four? Four is the most stable number of the... Um, of, of any number, frankly, right? It is the, the, the quadrant, it is the square, right? It is considered to be a very stable form in, in, in geometry, sacred geometry included. So this is somebody who, um, 
and, and that's what we're getting to the builder because four is actually the number of the builder, but what does that mean? That means that the biggest challenge from master number 22 is understanding how to find resources, leverage resources, and arrange the people around them so that they can build masterful things that are bigger than life. Very often, for instance, corporations, um, like a lot of the Fortune 500 corporations are going to have the numerology of number four. Because four is something that is going to stand the test of time. Four is something that is here for the long haul. It's not just something that is going to disappear within three seconds. And so it actually, because the master builder is actually supposed to make it happen, they are required to have a very robust personal resource, but also get so good at relationships through all the pressure that they've been through, they're going to be able to recruit all of these people around them and have all of these people buy into their vision so that they can build something that they came here to build. With the master builders, there's generally one thing that they came here to build. And I highly, highly, highly recommend, if you haven't done so already, if you're a master number 22, next time you're in a meditation, ask this question, what am I here to build? And the answer to that question is going to be the answer <laughs> to potentially a lot of your other questions, right? This is the answer, the million dollar answer <laughs> that you've been looking for around like, why did you show up? Um, master numbers 22 are incredibly mission driven. If they stray off the path, it's, it's almost like it shifts the world axis a little bit. And so they would never be content and they would never be comfortable just living an average life. Um, in the same way that if they haven't really accumulated enough power, that they're never gonna be able to get off the topic of relationships. So for them, relationships are really, really important to get right. So finding and understanding how do you operate and function in the world where by default you have so much weight and so much power that most people are either afraid of you, intimidated by you, or just wanna avoid you so that you don't completely shift their orbit, right? Because whether you'd like this or not, the master number 22 is an exceptionally impactful um, influence in the world. I wanted to say an influencer, but an influencer right now is social media, and that is totally not what it is. Because this people, master number 22, influences others like no tomorrow. So they're extremely, they tend to be extremely charismatic. Um, when they say something, people tend to not just listen, but remember years later. So they have impact, they have power, right? So they already come with this like massive resource. So if they only align to their path, their doorway, their way, they can make massive shifts in society. Massive, massive, massive shifts. All, ten, all, always for the better, or usually for the better, I shouldn't say always. That is too much an overgeneralization. So a master builder is here to build. Um, now maybe let's talk about 33. 33 is a master teacher. 33 is quite rare, actually. Um, not a lot of 33s on planet Earth. Now 33 is beautiful. Um, it's a very layered, uh, very layered number. So it obviously has a numerology of three, but three plus three also equals six. So we're gonna be looking at three and we're gonna be looking at six. Since we are on the topic of 
teaching. Um, a really, really good poster child, the master number 33 is Jesus. There is no uh, coincidence that Jesus was crucified when he was 33 years old. In fact, the age of Christ is 33. Why 33? It is considered that when you are 33, if you've done, if you've played your cards right, you are achieving a certain level of attainment. Uh, but of course, uh, the life of Jesus was a very, very, let's, let, 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 let's just say precisely planned incarnation, right? Everything was planned, if not to a minute, definitely to an hour in terms of how uh, Jesus lived and, and the blueprints that he carried. So it was very intentional. 33 was very intentional. He was actually anchoring the master number 33 onto the plane of this existence. Um, so we probably have to thank him for that. But um, if you think about 33, really it's two triangles. So we're gonna be looking at the meaning of the triangles. And so it's two triangles coming together. And um, probably the best, uh, or the analogy that I wanna give you, for those of you that know what a star of David looks like, it's a six-pointed star. If you guys don't know, please Google it. Um, this is also the Merkaba or the Merkaba, uh, also a six-pointed star. So all of this symbology is um, very much the domain of the teacher, the master teacher. So um, remember how I said one is the divine uh, feminine, two is the divine masculine, three is the divine child. So that is the first thing that we need to remember. And what is a divine child? Child, right, is a byproduct of a pairing or a couple, essentially, right? Um, obviously, you guys know that Jesus is publicized as the child of God. It is no coincidence. He carries within himself, within his light codes, very strong emanations of the divine child, both at soul level and in the incarnation. So the divine child or the product of divine femininity and masculinity. Divine children tend to be the purest form of children. There are other names for divine children. Sometimes they're called indigo children or rainbow children these days, right? But a divine child is somebody that maintains their level of purity and, and joy um, despite what, you know, despite the outside world, despite what circumstances are surrounding them. And um, because of that, they're able to carry within themselves the blueprint of the primordial light without allowing it to be tarnished. So um, the, the reason master teacher uh, archetype is so beautiful is because when the three shows up here in this dimension, it is able to maintain that purity and able to not be bogged down by third dimensional consciousness. And so they're able, because of that, to carry the torch of light without that being, you know, um, reduced in any way or polluted. Three is also the number of physical, um, like physical manifestation, right? Or the product of, the byproduct of creation. Wouldn't you agree that parents have to create children for, for children to exist, right? So three is actually both three, six, and nine a trio of numbers, they deal with material uh, things or they deal with matter, different facets of matter. So three actually deals with anchoring divine child consciousness into matter and getting away with it, which is exceptionally needed for, for the, um, the divine child. 
Now there are three triangles, oh, sorry, two triangles is what I'm saying with master number 33. There is an upward triangle that represents divine masculine and the downward triangle representing the divine feminine, right? Three plus three equals six. The two put together are the star of David. The star of David represents the perfect balance. Do you remember how, um, when we were talking about master number 11, we said that they are perfect dichotomy between heart energies and mind energies. This is similar, only almost like a level deeper, if that makes sense, because the master number 33, or that's where we're getting into the six, they have mastered the creative aspects of both masculine and feminine energies in a way that it enables them to create other things in the present, right? So, or, or in, 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 in the material world, three and six are also, um, numbers that are intrinsically linked to manifesting things. So, uh, master teachers, unlike master builders, tend to call new worlds into existence or new, you know, paradigm shifts or thought forms without having to necessarily like work too hard for it. And that is because they're considered to be spiritual alchemists. So alchemy is actually intrinsically linked to numbers three, six, and nine. Any type of energy work that would be connected to alchemy would, maybe I shouldn't say any, but a lot of the work of the true alchemists could be reduced to the in-depth meaning behind three, six, and nine. And it's just like really the progressive aspects of creation. You start your creation with a three, you move forward into a six, you finish it with a nine. Um, and so that's why master teachers, again, they're not here to do massive amounts of physical work. Very often master teachers would have very, um, um, their, their energy very heavily distributed to their higher centers and maybe experience a little bit of a lack in the lower centers. And at first blush, it may feel like they're not grounded. That is what um, a lot of these children are going to go through. You're not grounded enough. Um, like a lot that that would be what the world would reflect to them. And so uh, the danger for master number 33 would be to get a regular job, especially the one that really is dependent on their lower chakras. Um, so something to do with their hands. That is actually, um, you know, it's, it is a potential shadow that they can go into, but that is so not what they're supposed to be doing because the biggest wealth for the master teacher comes through teaching. And their, their greatest teachings come from connecting to source consciousness, actually, right? They have a very strong pillar of light, like literally straight up into the heavens. And so if they're not going to persevere and um, understand that, no, they're not supposed to be the carpenter, so to say, they're supposed to be the teacher. They're never going to realize their full potential. And it is actually very tempting. So one of the, one of the early lessons for these people is the lesson of the three or the challenge of the three, right? When they're growing up in the first 20 years of their life is they are not always able to see the physical impact the physical manifestation of their efforts. That's what they struggle with. They're like, I have these big ideas. Very often it's the kid that is a dreamer that is like a very busy in their head. And they're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I see so much. I want to do so much. But when they are like getting to like, when they start executing things, something, it just like something always doesn't work out. Right. And so they're like, well, when I'm trying to be a doer, it's not working. And so for them, understanding 
right? And getting clarity, right? That they actually need to be energy workers before doers very early in life is a very, very important lesson for master number 33. Because they see other people around them able to get physical results by pressing physical levers or by pulling physical levers, if that makes sense. These people just cannot, even if they get a regular job in their, in, you know, in their youth, somehow it doesn't pay or somebody <laughs> steals their money or, or there's some kind of other nonsensical thing that happens that they don't have the money, right? And so their trauma is I'm not able to have the impact that I want in the world. Especially like, and the more I do, the less impact I have, which kind of is so counterintuitive. And that's why it doesn't make sense. And then later in life, they're actually their greatest journey. Their greatest challenge is to be an alchemist. So it is to attract things into their orbit, people, resources, etc. Not like the master builder, because the master builder is going to need to go get it. Go get them. Like go get them, tiger, right? That's the master builder. 22 is all about proactive, like Let's call them up. Let's hit them up. Like, let's, you know, be persistent, follow up, follow through, etc. Not the master teacher. The master teacher kind of is sitting in the Himalayas, not literally, figuratively. And people just come to them. And that is what they're meant to be doing. And really what they're supposed to work on is bringing their master teaching. Because every master teacher comes with a master teaching. No pun intended. So number one question they should be asking their spirit guides is, what is my master teaching? What did I come here to bring? That is really, really important. Alrighty, guys, I wanted to see if there are any questions from the collective on this. In case this wasn't very clear, I'm ready to receive as long as it serves the collective. The, uh, the question is, I'm a master number 22 but I don't feel called to build anything. What is wrong with me? Okay, so don't take the word word build very literally. It doesn't mean you're building a house or a company. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you should, maybe another way for you, another thing for you to ask yourself is, what am I here to create? What are you inspired to create? And um, you may be surprised what comes through. For instance, you may be called to paint. Right? Like when you're asking a question, like, what am I inspired to create? And um, the image you may get in your head is like, okay, a canvas and paints. And, uh, and then as you're exploring your artistic talent around painting, you may be surprised that all of a sudden you may do something unique. All of a sudden it, it establishes a whole like movement within the art. Uh, ecosystem, right? So it's, it's kind of funny because the master builder almost cannot help but go big or go home. So um, it, it's kind of like they have such a crazy gravitational field that things just like fall into that field. And so the most important thing for the master builder is to open up their heart. So two is actually also the heart number, right? So 22, two is a heart number. So being aligned to your heart is extremely important. Opening up your heart to possibility. If your heart is closed down, that could be another reason why you're not interested in creating anything because you're not acting with your blueprint if, as a master builder, you do not want to build anything. That just doesn't make sense. And so um, my uh, guess is there's probably some hard trauma or some hard boundaries that you put, like a shell, almost like a protective shell, like a protective mechanism that is preventing you from knowing yourself and therefore pursuing your path. 
what could help with that. Our sacred universe actually has probably five or six meditations around opening your heart. So if, if that is you, um, feel free to just go, go and check it out because opening your heart, um, on planet earth is a challenge. Opening your heart is, is a journey. And so, you know, one step at a time, but, um, I'm confident you can get there. Taking one more question from the collective. Does it mean that these master numbers are getting progressively better? Meaning like somebody who is a 33 is superior to a 22 is superior to an 11. No, they are just different paths to walk. It doesn't make one superior to the others. Very often at soul level, you would over time have incarnations on each of these master paths but they're very different um, and you would want to experience all of them. It's not like Master Path 11 preps you for 22 or preps you for 33. Very often when you're taking on a master incarnation, you go through at least 10 preparatory incarnations prior, but those are not master number incarnations. So if you are not in a master number incarnation right now, please know that you are training right now. You are on a treadmill training for a master incarnation. By the way, in a meditative state, you could talk to your higher self and, and ask them, hey, what master number incarnation am I training for right now, right this second? And they'll tell you 11, 22, or 33. So unbeknownst to you, you already are on the path towards one, the other, like one, one of these three, right? Um, so maybe you're not yet passing the final exam, but this could be a midterm, right? So understanding on what track you're on could be quite helpful for you and provide perspective. If you guys want me to make another one on other life path numbers that are ze not zero, sorry, one through nine, uh, please drop me a DM on Instagram. I'm on this is Maria, official Maria with an interesting spelling, M-A-R-I-Y-A. On that note, I'm sending you a big virtual hug. This was so much fun for me. I really like geeking out on the numbers. Um, yeah, I hope that this was fun for you as well. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.